So I'm gonna give it a countdown and we'll just clap. Everybody just clap at the same time. So one, two, three claps. Oh, sorry. Ready? <laughs> I'm gonna keep that in. One, two, three. Oh, this new crazy mother. Well, welcome. This is uh, the Cost of Goods Told podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Darren Lafferty. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, and Chef Ara. Thank so, you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, there's a lot of things to be thankful for today, um, and I want to get that out of the way right in the beginning. Ara, thank you so much for coming. Um, I know I had the chance to come out and, and visit you, but for you to come on our very first official podcast just on a whim to take a chance mm-hmm. on i know you've known darren but you took a chance yeah. on some schlub who just came in with a camera you, you guys do an awesome job it's my pleasure and honor to be here thank you <laughs> thank you um, darren as well thank you so much um not only um is this our first official podcast but this is a sponsored podcast yeah very much w- which is huge because we came in we used this microphone right here <laughs> to do a, a a test and it was okay but um it gave us the ability to actually um up the production game so yeah. thank yeah. you so much and You're that, welcome. that's huge and then one final one to our sponsor which is duke's premium meats who has taken a chance on a podcast that has you know basically zero starting from zero so they're they're banking on the potential um and not only is it a um a chance on them it's it's also a great sponsor to have you know i got the chance to actually spend three days with them um everything from testing their products cooking their products eating their product to going out to stone cold meats um seeing the butchers work and then going out and um actually meeting one of the ranchers which is huge so um i'm just so grateful because the video productions that i've been doing the cost of goods told web series that i've been doing hasn't charged anybody a, a, a dime um and to actually be able to now get two new microphones you know the arms the 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 pop filters it, it's just i'm super excited yeah, so forgive off, me if i got long-winded there no, but i'm just so to, grateful off to a good start you know duke's premium meats www.dukespremiummeats.com Nobody beats Duke's Meats. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to laugh that's every a time you say that's that. That's a slogan, so yeah, we'll, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> and we want to thank Beaver's Westheimer. Yes. Chef, yes. Chef Arash, their management team, who have allowed us the space and to hang out. And so we're very appreciative of that as well. And, and awesome food, always getting creative. We were here you know, a couple of weeks ago interviewing him and, and trying out his menu. And so super fun to be back. And, and <laughs> He's very to, talented. He yeah, does great, great food. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he really is. And, um, you know, so again, it's, it's so many people have just kind of opened their doors and, and and that's been the huge and fun process that I've been able to experience is, you know, all these chefs that are not only opening up their doors, but opening up their hearts, opening up, you know, their stories to me. Um, and then allowing us to use spaces like this. So it's, it's just been great. So good. Cool. So yeah, I know that got off to a good start, off to a great start. You know, honestly, I didn't think I, I knew 2019, I wanted to really start hammering it. Um, but to be at this level already is, is just huge. And, um, you know, the friendship that we've developed are the friendship. I think it was almost an instant, you know, type of thing. I I am so grateful and so thankful. So I just, I want to make sure that I say thank you to everybody right off the bat. And it, it was a huge miss to say you know, not to say thank you no, to no, Beavers as well. No, that's why we're here. That's, that's why right. We're a team. That's right. You yeah. help, me, help me stay afloat. <laughs> um, so there's a few things that I wanted to talk about. What I what I wanted to start off the podcast with was just kind of some past things, um, you know, that I either ate at or you know some different things that you know I experienced. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of go go um, right into it and talk about just Greek. Okay. Um, had the chance to meet uh, Chef Chris, which was awesome. Um, I think the food there is is absolutely fantastic. He's he's a really really funny guy. Somebody who I hope to have uh, on a podcast at one point um, after a few beers, and then I think it'd get really oh, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, 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 so, sure. um, but uh, it was you know we we published the cost of goods told uh, video on him. So if anybody wants to check that out, it's at on on three media co. Um, and you know, it, it, it's just a funny, funny story and, you know, um, really, really good food. So I just wanted to make sure that I did a shout out to him that I was wildly impressed. I think what's interesting about that video that you did with, with 
you know, Chris, Chef Chris over Just Greek is that, you know, everyone has an introduction to the restaurant business at some time in their life, whether they're gonna be a customer or whether they're gonna be an owner or whether they're gonna be a partner. And his story is, you know, from a kid, from a kid standpoint, was uh, it's funny how, you know, a trip to Greece could influence his life to the point that when he got back to the United States, he wanted to open up a restaurant and then held on to that dream for so many years. Mm -hmm. I think he was 13 or 14 there when he went. Right, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, the, to have an experience in his native land, right, because mm -hmm. he's Greek, uh, with a euro that ultimately turned his life into the restaurant business. <laughs> so it's super easy to get into the business. It's hard to stay in it and be profitable. But the fact that he's grinding it out and moved from Chicago, it's, it's incredible. You got to watch the promo video, but it's really, it's a cool story. But to take that true passion too, because he's not, he's not doing where, you know, you could easily get away with a frozen product and so right. forth. Like his, the, the pork is all of that, that whole all muscle meat. And, yeah, the, exactly. All hand stacked on the, on the so, vertical spit and, and all. So staying things. true to it, you know, yeah. staying true to what he had as a kid, which is huge, you know, because yeah. you could easily cut corners, you know. And, and, and look, not a lot of Greek restaurants do, but there are some that, that buy pre-made meat on a spit, a vertical spit, and go, hey, we're Greek. He takes so much pride in not doing that. Right. right. So. <clears throat> no, that's huge. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was the Hops and Hot Sauce Festival, which was out at uh, Spindle Tap Brewery. I took my dad uh, for his birthday, a late birthday, uh, just kind of a fun? guy's out. It was. Yeah. It was. I will say this. I was a little – there were some great vendors there. But then when you also have, like, the Herbalife and the um, – Thank you. And the um, – what is it? Like the Green Mountain Energy guys that have a booth there. I get it. You're yeah. trying to sell booths and everything. But, you know, I wanted to see more guys cooking and actually ran into um, Caesar Keno. Um, he was a uh, Season 9 Master Chef runner-up, um, and he was making a Mexican sope uh, with the uh, – and forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it – the Cas Cascabel salsa. And it was – it was fantastic. It was a, a fried corn cake with black beans. It had this wonderful smoky flavor. The guy is really cool as well. He does uh, taco pop-ups. Mm -hmm. um, so he, no brick and mortar. He just does pop-ups and he, jumps around. Okay. Mm -hmm. He right. just does pop-ups out of his house. Um, and he's uh, an English teacher by day. Wow. So, um, but he, you know, that was what I was looking for. Um, they also had a uh, pizza eating contest, and the I mean the contestants looked like they were hurting so How bad. How did I miss that? <laughs> I mean, I'm all about the pizza. No, 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 no. This was like spicy, spicy, spicy pizza. Okay. So, <laughs> I um, I actually talked to one guy because some people obviously didn't finish their pizzas, and so they let you know crowd members come up and take a slice or whatnot. <laughs> and I talked to a guy, and he said the hottest hot sauce that he tried in you know in the venue was like a seven in comparison to the. Wow. to the pizza that he had and it was a 10 so um <clears throat> and then there was one other place that i met as well they're called um they're called three brother foods three brothers foods they do a like a Di diablo salsa green sauce they're out of old town katie um it's basically this kid um had a passion for like saving rhinos so he started to bottle his mom's salsa recipe huh. and it's actually grown into a successful business. They're in HEBs, they're in Ace Hardware, really? they're in grocery stores. Um, they've actually now been able to hire, you know, people to help out um, because... Yeah, with HEB orders, you're going to need some help. That's, that's exactly yeah. it, you know, and so they have a little commissary kitchen that they're working out of. Um, the brothers come in and they actually work it and the mom helps them out with everything. So just <clears throat> super, super cool people. And um, my dad got a bottle for, for his birthday, and I mean, it was gone like that night. So, so it's not terribly hot. It's no, got a lot of flavor to it. Are they, you know? No, no, no. Because like my mom is is the one that like if there's like pepper on it, she's mm -hmm. gonna freak out, you know, because <laughs> because that's too spicy for her. Um, th this this is like that perfect heat, but it's it's on the and and I'll have to refer to the video because my dad actually throughout the whole process he was actually pretty darn good on camera yeah which was really cool to see <laughs> um and so i'm gonna have to do some more videos with you know with him because you know he just he absolutely killed it and his palate's actually really good as well and he was talking about where he was feeling the spice where he was able to get like you know a balanced uh a balanced feeling of everything so the question so. <laughs> is did he learn that from you or did you learn that from him well being a chef well so like you know how like chefs always we have, don't want like, i mean the, we don't want you to lay down on the couch and tell us you know all your child no no right <laughs> <laughs> no no no. but i will say a lot of chefs have that story of like oh i remember working with me grandma in the kitchen and making the fresh. we were we were hamburger helper family yeah. at times you know my dad would obviously grill stuff and everything right, right, like right. that um 
having the chance to live overseas, you know, we got to experience a bunch of different foods, a bunch of different spices. Um, but I think his his palate is just kind of naturally gifted, yeah. you know. And yeah. um, I know that he he and I will do wine tastings, and he'll pick up some things. So he's just he's just got the gift. That's cool. Yeah, that's good. It is really cool. Um, two more uh, that I wanted to talk about was just uh, Rogel's Barbecue, which will actually be an upcoming uh, episode of uh, Cost of Goods Told for mm -hmm. the video series. Yeah. Um, but just just an awesome awesome place awesome guy you know i just i just enjoyed the experience like crazy you yeah. know russell does an awesome job russell's so yeah. cool russell yeah. and misty yeah. are I one of the best it, yeah. teams right it's one yeah. of the best family you know, husband and wife teams that i know you know much yeah. more intimately than i do but just in passing with those guys so so nice uh sit down and have a conversation with you um and just will make time i mean it's super cool very cool yeah and 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 the journey to get there too is really interesting yeah. as well. Yeah. So and he was open and honest and you know that that's that was cool that he, you know, just just laid it on the table and was just like you know what, you know there was a couple times where I didn't know if we were gonna make it you yeah. know and 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 that's nice that people are willing to share that because I think other people need to hear it. I think that's I appreciate that most about any any individual or, or that are open is that what you see is what you get right. right? There's no games. So I appreciate about that about him and Misty as well. So absolutely. And then um, I actually had the chance to eat at Pierogi Queen, which has been on my list for a while, and that is some really good food. Is it? So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I would just say make a stop over there. The um, Polish sausage was fantastic, and all the pierogies were really good. Cool. So thank you, Bernadette, for for lunch out there. So. <laughs> um, what about yourself? Have you have you ran into anything? Have you heard anything? You know, because you were at you were at Truth Barbecues. I, so I did show up on the morning of Truth Barbecue, mm -hmm. uh, their grand opening. I did not wait in line. It was super long. As a matter of fact, I was just running in between locations on a photography shoot, and but I decided to pull in the the parking lot and just literally start snapping pictures and get some Instagram stories, things of like that nature. And the line was literally wrapped around the building. Um, it was probably an hour and 15 before the opening, 11 a.m. And I had to double park. I mean, I double parked my, you know, my truck and, and uh, I was just waiting to be towed or ticketed. But um, it looks fantastic. All the reviews sound, you know, absolutely delicious. Uh, the pictures are gorgeous. Um, I understand that, you know, from the other very seasoned barbecue people that have been, it's just absolutely wonderful. He looks dead tired. As you would be when you first open up a business, right? Yeah, you're, especially no your second location. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he's, I don't know how much business they're doing in Brenham right now. From what I've read, you know, they're kind of stagnant at the moment because all the attention is here. But they are going back. They're not, it's not closed down. They're going to open it, reopen it with uh, some sort of vigor once they get their feet underneath them with the new location. But uh, uh, Truth sounds delicious. It's a gorgeous restaurant. It's very, uh, I would call it rustic, but yet chic on the inside. Um, I'm looking forward to eating there for sure. They had a lot of fanfare coming in, so that's, they, that's why I was. They had a lot of attention. Have you been yet, or have you uh, had a to, to a new go? location? Yeah. No, no, I've been at the original one in uh, Brenham. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, with my schedule, it's kind of hard to get out. <laughs> I have to sneak in there one day, you know, and just try it out. So yeah. we'll see. And I, I, you know, I, I react to people posting pictures. Um, and I can just only do a hand clap or that looks delicious or a drooling emoji. I can't speak to it, but man, I can't wait to go. They're, they do an awesome job. I, I don't care where they open up. Their attention to detail is phenomenal. There's a lot of movement around craft barbecue right now. A lot of movement. I mean, there's a huge influx of, you know, pitmasters and craft barbecue, whether established outside the city or they're brand new. You know, they've all been kicking it for a while, either right. on pop-ups or side gigs and hustles. The craft barbecue movement is huge right now, and uh, and it's delicious. <laughs> and uh, I'll run out of money before I get to all the restaurants, I promise you. But um, it, Houston is a really exciting place to be right now around barbecue. Really exciting. Um, Aura and all of the, I mean, it's a great community, too, the barbecue community. They all seem to be, for the most part, very supportive. Uh, they all wear each other's gear. They all are slapping each other on the backs. I mean, you go to any kind of barbecue cook-off nowadays, and if there's 10 of them, there's 10 of them helping each other out if they need it. I mean, it's really, it's really refreshing to see yeah. that in the, in the restaurant industry, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, other restaurants supporting each other, and it just happens to be in the bar barbecue yeah. community. So for the most part, it's, it's really refreshing. Well, you know, barbecue is a everyday man's food, and it usually brings people together. Right. So us as 
barbecue restaurant owners and pitmasters and uh we 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 support each other because it's natural in the business that we're in. Yeah. Um, and we're all pretty much very close friends. So there's a lot of us who hang out. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get to see each other as often as we like. We usually see each other at events or barbecue festivals. And once we do see each other, we hang out as long as we can because we're up all night smoking meat so, <laughs> um, th that's the fun part of us when we do events is when we get to get to hang out and have a chance to catch up and yeah. what we're doing definitely yeah I also have been just kind of watching your eyes a little bit and every time we've mentioned like let's say truth or you know that we're here at Beavers there hasn't been like a like you know I know <laughs> yeah. we're gonna get to you and I yeah. I want to talk about your barbecue like crazy which which we'll get into yeah. in just a yeah, second definitely. so but um, but it does seem like that community is there which is awesome and that's that's really cool Duke's premium meats home delivery is your one-stop shop for premium quality meats delivered right to your doorstep delivering all over the United States Duke's Premium Meats offers you the best in quality by personally working closely with local ranchers and butchers. Duke's Premium Meats offers everything from fillets and lobster tails to heart-shaped ribeyes to Texas-raised Wagyu brisket. Get amazing meat delivered right to your door by using Duke's Premium Meats. Visit their site at www.dukespremiummeats.com. You are the best thing. Are we on? Are we going? We are on. We're we rolling. are on. Oh, We're wow. going. We're rolling. So, why don't, um, Darren, why don't you do an introduction and everything? So, yeah, welcome back. So. Uh, this will be um, our next 20 minutes going in. We've special guests today, uh, and we like to include special guests on every podcast. But we are honored on the very first podcast to have Chef Ara from Harlem Road, Texas Barbecue. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. This, Absolutely. It's an honor to be here. And by the way, happy birthday, bud. Hey, thank you very much. <laughs> Finally catching up. This is the best uh, <laughs> birthday present ever. Yeah, right. Sitting on the couch next to you, drinking a cold beer, talking about barbecue in the industry. So happy to have you and honored. And uh, hopefully this won't be the last Back time you'll be with us. One of many. Thank you. Thank you. So, so give us, you know, give us a little history about Chef Ara. You don't have to give away all your your closet, your, you know, your skeletons in the closet. But tell us who you are. Tell us, you know, where you've been, and, and a little bit about, you know, your barbecue style and your restaurant, things of that nature. Um, wow, uh, that's a long story. I don't think this segment will be enough. Uh, <laughs> we got to uh, start in Switzerland. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm I'm a classically trained chef, so um, I've been around food uh, all my life. Um, my love for food started with, with cooking with my grandmother in the kitchen, helping her out. Uh, and she was a phenomenal cook, made everything from scratch, all her pastries. Uh, when I was in boarding school in Switzerland during the summers, um, I started apprenticing in a French kitchen under a French chef at age 12. So that's where I learned the actual craft. And I started as dishwasher, prep cook, worked my way up to butchering and cooking on the line. So when I moved to the States, um, I worked in various restaurants and I knew I wanted to open up my own restaurant at some point or another. Uh, so I started working in a different aspect of a restaurant business. I already had the kitchen part, so I started working in the front of the house to learn everything I could possibly learn about the industry and about the business. Uh, food is only a small part yeah, of your yeah. restaurant business you know it's just uh, it's truly a science to open up a restaurant from ground up uh, i worked for wolfgang puck for several years i was his corporate executive chef after that i had three restaurants in san francisco two french ones one mediterranean and uh, i came for vacation to houston visit my cousin his wife and his two kids I missed my nephew so much that I didn't want to miss them growing up. At the time, one was uh, two, the other one was uh, six. Moved here basically to corrupt my nephews. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and were you successful? Yes, absolutely. The oldest one actually works for me. Well, they're, now they're <laughs> going to be on the show next time, so yeah. we get all the yeah. secrets. We absolutely, get all the secrets. yeah. So, and, you know, I, I fell in love with Texas, specific, specifically Texas barbecue. Um, because it's simple, it's clean, doesn't have all the sauce on it, uh, just salt and pepper, uh, especially on the beef. 
and it's a very unique style of barbecue compared to all the barbecue that's served in in all of the United States. It's very specific. Um, it, now, it came naturally. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, so what I find most interesting thus far mm -hmm. is that you mentioned you worked your way through all the positions, you know, prior to even coming here, right? And then you decide you want to do a restaurant, and, and it's not necessarily about the food, although it is, right? You got to you got to put butts in seats yeah. to make it work. But the science behind the business, which absolutely, is, which is equally, if not more important, to being successful and staying in business, is the management of cost, the management of people. Right. Being oh, efficient. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different layers to being successful in this business. The, the restaurant, whenever I've, I do a, a lot of consulting, whenever people ask me, oh, I want to get into a restaurant business, my, <laughs> I give them three advices. First one is don't even go there. <laughs> Save your money, invest in something. Else. Throw away my, your yeah, weekend. Yeah. 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 Uh, my second advice is don't do it. And my third advice is still don't do it. <laughs> uh, it, it is a tough business. Um, unless you've done corporate ran restaurants that you know the science behind opening up a restaurant. I mean, this is my 15th restaurant I've opened up from ground up. Uh, every single one of them has been profitable within the first quarter. Uh, but food and having the great food is a very small part of the restaurant business. But I think it's one part of it. It's important, right. but it's not the most important. But the the brigade, the brigade system of yeah. you know like the French kitchen, it's almost like okay, you just kind of work your way up. But yeah. you never like it's almost like a chef is never trained on that additional stuff. What it Absolutely. takes to deal with HR, what it takes to deal with the full ordering, what it takes to just deal with customers in general. You or know? how to create a well balanced menu that it's cost effective. Exactly. You know, I mean, there, I can put a lot of amazing stuff even at my barbecue restaurant on a daily basis. I don't do it because it makes no financial sense right. to do so. Right. It's not gonna sell. I don't care how good the product is. Just because it's good doesn't mean it needs to be on the menu. Right. Right. If it's not efficient and fast to produce, and if it's not cost effective, it has no business being on the menu. You know, what's amazing about the three of us having this conversation already, right, is we all have varied backgrounds. Right? Yeah. I'm from the distribution side, the sales side, the marketing side, the food business. I'm 25 years in the food industry with a food science degree, but I've never owned and run a restaurant. So to sit here, because my perspective is every anyone who's been told that they have a great recipe or their food is so good, you show up at a restaurant. Those that take the leap are so naive about getting into the restaurant business. They leverage their homes, their four hundred one k account, they, their kids' college money, and they jump in. And six months year, six months a year later, they're out. Yeah. What you guys speak to specifically is what's the most important thing, and it's not it's food. You got to have people come eat your food. Absolutely. But it's about running a business, right? Well, that's that, that was the frustrating part about talking with you. And I mean frustrating in a, in a very pleasant way in the fact that when we were having conversations and you were talking about the depth of the tables that you had, that that was something that you were considering so that people could sit closer, so that people didn't have to yell in, in your restaurant and everything. And it's like, well, shit, he's doing this amazing food, but then he's also that conscious it's, of all of it's that. It's attention to detail in everything yeah. that I do personally for me. Right. Um, you have to pay attention to every little detail in the restaurant business. It's not just the food and plating it. Uh, it's the sound, it's the lighting, it's uh, the echo in the room, which a lot of people don't pay attention to when they open up a restaurant. The flow of a, the restaurant, you know, uh, it all adds up. And if you don't have that attention to detail on every other aspect, you are going to lack that attention to detail to the food also. I can tell you what my food cost is for my barbecue sauce down to the ounce. As you should. As as right. you should. I do inventory in my restaurant once a week. Right. So I know what my food, that way I can adjust it for the month and I can see and know what's going on on a daily basis. I mean, I'm used to it. I used to run 82 restaurants simultaneously, but that's why I'm successful at what I do. Um, there, there's a lot that goes into restaurant business. I can tell you on based on the number of seats that you have in a restaurant, how many knives, how many forks, how many B&B plates you need, um, which doesn't translate to our type of barbecue. We serve everything on a tray <laughs> with butcher paper, but you know, it, it, all, it all adds up. Yeah. So, you know, that's the most 
uh, frustrating part for most people who get into the restaurant business or who do barbecue. And they go, oh, I've, I've done barbecue, I've done pop-ups. Well, doing a restaurant doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful at it. And having a food truck doesn't equal brick and mortar, and brick no. and mortar doesn't equal well, a pop-up. I yeah. mean, or catering or any of those events. They're all completely different, even though they're under the same umbrella, Absolutely. as opportunities to make, make money, get your name out there, and things of that nature. So equally as complex as having a food truck or even a pop-up, yeah. right, just from a different level. So... And nowadays with social media, it's such a huge part yeah. of our restaurant industry right. that, you know, you have to have a huge presence on Instagram and on Facebook and constantly post at the right time to post. Right. Yeah. With the right pictures. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to have this guy right here <laughs> at my restaurant to take, pop, take some amazing shots of my food. And that makes a huge difference rather than taking a picture with a phone that is not done right. The color, the lighting. It all makes a huge difference. It does. And I mean, people are literally live tweeting an opening of a restaurant or their, yeah. di their dining experience. And it's almost like, even if it's in Switzerland or if it's in Europe or something like yeah. that, I still feel like I'm sitting there, you know, getting the same, you know, not the same experience, but getting the experience from, from their, you know, viewpoint. And it's the same thing. If your social media game isn't on point, if you don't have the right photos, people... Uh, People don't read anymore, I don't think. That's why Instagram is blowing up, it's, you know? <laughs> yeah, this isn't the social media five years ago, right? No. Instagram no. stories, Facebook stories. I mean, everything is instantaneous, and the attention span of the consumer or possible consumer gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Absolutely. Right? So your images have to be on point. They've got to be beautiful when you post, right? So if you're posting in the middle of the night and they don't have notifications turned on, they don't see that. So you've got no. to know when you get the most amount of traffic on your social media. Absolutely. So, so that's a great point. It's just another level of complexity to owning a restaurant. Yeah, and I think a lot of the old school restaurateurs don't see the value in that. And that's... Um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. You know, I mean, everything we do is so detail-oriented. And if you don't pay attention to that, your business suffers as, a, as because of it. Now, I know we've talked about the business side of things and yeah. so forth. And yeah, that is that is a big factor. I do want to talk about the food, though. Okay. Um, my personal experience, I know that there was someone who joined me, you know, and sat with me and ate. And I, I literally wanted to take just a quiet moment because it was when when I think of barbecue, I think of, you know, a certain style. When I was eating your food in in the most manly way, it was super playful. And it, I took a quiet moment. I, I literally sat there and I was just like, I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm just, I, I just want to experience the food because this is something different. You know, technically savvy, you know, just all the little touches to it. It, it was just, it, it was just a different experience than what I was anticipating. And when I have those moments, it's, it's, I want to, I want to make sure that I'm capturing it because it, it, it is something that I talked to my wife for an hour in the car as we were battling traffic. <laughs> and by the end of it, she was just like, are they open? You know, because, <laughs> you know, for me, it was such a treat to have you there because you notice the attention to detail that I put for the average person. They don't notice it. I, I, I brought to my barbecue restaurant, the attention to detail that I did to my fine dining food. Mm -hmm. um, targeting using great products that are consistent and uh, that attention to detail, the fact that I don't mix my salt with my pepper when I put it on my meats because I want to be able to control the amount of salt that goes on the fatty side of the brisket compared to the lean side, to the bottom, compared to the top. Uh, that way I have full control over it. It's just little attention to details like that. When Daniel Vaughn actually came to the restaurant from Texas Monthly, he noticed that I don't boil my potatoes for my potato salad and that I salt them when I bake them. Right. So, I mean, I was very, I mean, my hat off to that guy. He's got a phenomenal pa palate that he was able to notice that. Yeah. And to me, it means a lot when somebody notices those little touches. But if you're a regular customer and you're not noticing those things, you still leave with an experience. Like, yeah. it's one of those where if it's done right, the customers don't notice it. They just leave with a, a great impression, you know, yeah. when a place is comfortable, when a place has the right lighting, when I'm not having to yell at, you know, yell to talk to, to the, whoever I'm dining with. When the food is, it, it is just, it had, it had such a different twist to it. And it, I was like, okay, 
this guy's trying to do something, and I'll you know we'll, we'll go into detail about it a little bit. But the 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 brisket and how you did things, you know, was was on one level, and everything was kind of like, hey, I'm gonna play to the Texans, I'm gonna you know appease to certain things. But I want to talk about the beans for a quick second because that was that when I ate it, I started laughing out loud because that felt like you were giving a middle finger to to every Texan and saying, "Look, I'm gonna do beans and I'm gonna do beans my way," and they were phenomenal, um, just absolutely outstanding. In, in the fact that it wasn't, it, it's gonna ruin everybody else's like home barbecues <laughs> for sure. But I could see, I could see where you were going, you know, with 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 the with the rib with the brisket even with the pulled pork the pulled pork all had their own little twists and everything but the beans were were just something where you're like Can you all tell right, me about the beans yeah, yeah please no, go, okay. go into have detail about those beans apparently I, I don't know if you had them that day because i think the day you came to visit there you uh you no you just had the meat yeah and the dessert. I'm a meatitarian yeah, on yeah. Mondays. I mean, I don't <laughs> yeah. have sides. There's no sides uh, on Mondays. You know, <laughs> I wanted to, when I even did my sides or my desserts, is that I paid the same attention to every little item, including the sides. So I wanted to be familiar to people who eat even the canned beans that has, that will, that it wasn't so different. But the way I finish my beans is uh, I put them in the smoker underneath the brisket in a pan so it catches all the drippings from the brisket oh. in it and that's it's a simple thing to do but you put it, the burnt ends in there as well so yeah don't in there. That yeah. <laughs> so um all all the little bits and pieces that we cut off of the brisket before we serve it i chop it up and i cook it with the beans and, and, and that gives it that nice depth smokiness yeah, yeah. smokiness and, and that was that was the interesting too was the the smoke that I was getting off of everything and the flavors that I was getting off of everything because you use those wine barrels you know to to smoke it it's yeah. such a smoother cleaner I don't wanna, it is it's cleaner a but I mean too a little for, sweetness from that wood there is yeah, because you know, of the red wine um, yeah that soaks into that oak and and I think how you how you treat it from start to finish and everything is is such a unique process as well. Um, and, and when I say cleaner, you know, I'm not dismissing anybody else's barbecue yeah. when they're using oak and so forth. There, there's room, there's, there's a place in my heart for that type of taste. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. the same thing. I lo- you know, one of my deepest, dirtiest, darkest secrets is that I love Long John Silvers. There's a place yeah. for, <laughs> for Long John Silvers in my heart. I wish heart, they'd be 24 know? hours a day like Jack in the Box. Yeah, right. Roll yeah. up at, you know, Long John Silvers for a late night bowl of Krispies. Right, and exactly. Some I, just, I always ask for extra Krispies. It's just <laughs> dig at the bottom of that, of that barrel for you me. Know, my, but my, you know, when my time spent over at your, you know, barbecue spot, Harlem, I mean, I, I'm not a duck guy. I'm not duck at all. I'm not lamb either. You're like, hey, we're going to have some lamb chops. I'm like, no, nah, no, we're not. <laughs> You're like, no, you have to try these. And I will tell you that I, he converted me yeah. because the lamb that he uses is so superb. You talk about quality ingredients. Yeah. Right? And so I'm not trying to toot your horn on, on the lamb chops, but believe me when I tell you, people are like, oh, we're having lamb. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not having lamb. <laughs> you said, no, you have to try them. I mean, I went through a rack quick. As soon as he brought them out, they were just so smooth. And, and I think from the wine wood, right, that you use to smoke, it didn't permeate them and change them in any way. They were phenomenal. And the same thing with the duck, right? I'm like, my brother is a duck hunter and I'm not. So he'd always say, hey, you want me to bring the duck to you? I'm like, no, I don't eat duck. I do now, but only <laughs> yeah, in one do. restaurant. Yeah. So. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's, it's all about, you know, the balance. So uh, I wanted to make sure, because I do use great quality ingredients, um, I wanted to make sure that you got to taste the meat, yeah. not just the smoke and the spice. Everything else is there to uh, balance each other out. So I, I wanted my food, to, my barbecue food, to be very well balanced. So not so overly salty, not overly peppery. You know, you can taste the meat, uh, no, no matter what the meat is. So you know, most barbecue restaurants don't do duck. I do it because I personally love duck. <laughs> And uh, for, and I use it as a special that I run, and people who appreciate it they get a chance to have it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's nice and juicy; doesn't dry out. I cook at very low temperatures for a long period of time, so I don't lose that much moisture. I've seen in Europe them use kind of that white smoke. Mm-hmm. Is you know what? 
what inspired you to say, okay, I'm going to come into Texas and I'm going to do basically a white smoke barbecue, you know, with, with those wine barrels? I know you've got the, the background and everything, yeah, but that's, I, that's a risk. Yeah, you know? it, it, it is a risk. I played around with different types of wood, post oak, uh, mesquite, uh, cherry wood, apple wood. Uh, and the one that I found, and I have used wine barrels to smoke meat wood before in a commercial kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, but using the chips from it rather than the whole... Uh, staves and I found that to be because it is also oak but it's a much denser oak uh, I I did a side-by-side comparison between that and post oak and I was able to taste the flavors of the meats that I smoke with that much better than using post oak now there's nothing wrong with using post oak it's phenomenal it's great It's, it's fantastic but I personally prefer for a type of meats that I smoke, the quality of the meats that I smoke, it just gives it a little bit of a different of a flavor profile. I think you know every every central Texas style barbecue, or or whether it's some other part East Texas, they all yeah. have their little spin. Yeah, right? and so that's what makes your restaurant your restaurant and someone else's. I think it's been a great addition to because I appreciate to that. your Thank point you. again from not loving duck or not loving lamb, right? I got to taste the meat for the first time instead of a mint jelly on lamb or yeah. or something about duck that I just didn't like before and I got this it was so clean and so neutral with just a slight hint of sweetness from that smoke. Yeah. That it was very enjoyable. I mean I, I would definitely do that again. So that, that twist is a great twist for sure. Well we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna say thank you to our sponsor. Yeah. And we'll be right back. So stick around. Um thank you number one for Duke's premium meats as a as a key sponsor for the show. Cost of goods told and White Beer Photography. Stick around. We are going to have Chef Arash from Beaver's Westheimer join us for more conversation. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is your one-stop shop for premium quality meats delivered right to your doorstep. Delivering all over the United States, Duke's Premium Meats offers you the best in quality by personally working closely with local ranchers and butchers. Duke's Premium Meats offers everything from fillets and lobster tails to heart-shaped ribeyes to Texas-raised Wagyu brisket. Get amazing meat delivered right to your door by using Duke's Premium Meats. Visit their site at www.dukespremiummeats.com. So welcome back. Part three, cost of goods told. We are here at uh, Beavers. Uh, They have graciously given us one of their party rooms to hang out, record, um, and interview. Special guest uh, on the podcast today is Chef Ara from Harlem. Oh, barbecue. That's right. That's okay. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get you there. That's okay. It's he had a beer. Yeah, he had a beer team. in between. You know? how this happens. He had a beer in between for his birthday. And actually, so. because he's just not enough um, attitude for the podcast, <laughs> Chef Arash from Beavers Westheimer has joined us. And, and it's always a good time. So thank you both for carving time out of your day. Absolutely. And it's a good time to have you both on the same couch snuggled up together for this podcast. But um. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, seriously, uh, in, the, in the beginning part, I, I said thank you to a lot of people. And uh, I'd like to personally thank you so much uh, for letting us do this. And the uh, first podcast that we did, the test run and everything, mm-hmm. the conversation was so good. I'm actually going to upload that as a bonus cool. uh, podcast. It may not be as clear as these microphones, but because of that, and because we've been able to show people what we could do, that's how we were able to kind of upgrade things. So awesome. y- you giving us the opportunity has now given us, you know, uh, given us a step to the next level. So thank you so much. Yeah, no <laughs> and, and, and jokingly so. It could be more of a blooper reel than anything else. But <laughs> look, this, okay. this podcast is designed to speak to independent business owners, whether they're barbecue or not, mm-hmm. and chefs and people who know a lot about the industry and the business itself. Uh, but to have fun too right so we're not here dogging anybody out right. we're not here talking bad about other restaurants it's literally so we can have a, a whiteboard a sounding board to talk about what's happening and to learn from you guys uh, all together so we all bring a different background so but well, we got two guys who are on you know uh, i feel there is a barbecue component to beavers yeah. but it's not a barbecue restaurant 100 yeah. percent and the same thing with Harlem Road Barbecue. It is it is a different style of barbecue. It is a different style of sides. It's a different it's a different feeling than other barbecues. So it's kind of cool to have two guys who you know I know um, 
you built up the barbecue program here to kind of get its name going. That's kind of what they wanted. But you've taken so many twists and turns and, and done so much that mm-hmm. is off the wall that it's become a restaurant where if I Google it, yeah, Google Maps may say Beaver's Barbecue or something may say mm-hmm. Beaver's Barbecue. But now I'm starting to see more just Beaver's as a restaurant, which is really cool. And I, I feel like I want to just buy you like an extra kitchen so that you can do <laughs> some other stuff, too, because you're so creative with just your smokers and, and, and things like that. And what you can do with the, the kitchen setup that you have that it's like, I want to give you just that, that little extra component where it's like, OK, now I want to see what you can do. Well, yeah, you know, I do, I do. do um... I did one last year in uh, November. I did a wine dinner, seven course wine dinner paired with seven wines. And there was only one dish that had a smoked component to it. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna start doing those uh, in March. Uh, st- starting March, it'll be first Saturday of every month. Um, very limited seating, 30 people max. And then uh, I'm gonna have guest chefs chefs who are going to come in and do, we'll do them together cool so and i'm going to try to sucker this guy to doing one with me so. yeah i'm down for those listening tell us where your 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 barbecue restaurant is uh it's in the city of richmond 9823 harlem road okay in richmond texas so for those of you who live in the houston area or know about the grand parkway yeah it's mm-hmm. just inside 99 yeah correct yeah it's the easiest way if you're coming from the loop is taking west park tow road mm-hmm. and getting off grand mission and just going uh south okay and, cool yeah it's what days are you open? We're closed Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay. Wednesday through Sunday, we open up at 11 a.m. until we run out. So you have lunch? Yeah. Yeah, good. So those working out in that area yeah. or who are in the wannabe barbecue in the middle of the week, you've got that option for them. Absolutely. Good. Now, you good. do have to look for it. You know? Yes, it, it is not easy to find. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, it looks like an old barn uh, inside is completely different than what it looks like on the outside. By design. That's right. By design. Right. So, <laughs> Um, but you'd be surprised what pe- I mean. There's a giant beaver out front here, yeah, and people are yeah. still missing it. You know, yeah, so still miss it. my place has a giant horse, steel right. metal horse up front, yeah. and you can smell it from miles around. I mean, yeah, once you get you close, yeah. if you don't know where you are, just roll your window down and, and smell for the smoke. Smell the smell of the smoke. That's it. So, great restaurant. Um, Thank you. And then uh, Chef Arash, tell us where you're located at here, at Beavers West. Um, kind of in the gallery area of Houston. <clears throat> 6025 Westheimer. Um, again, yeah, there's a 25 foot beaver out front. <laughs> uh, hard, it's hard it. to miss, but you can miss it. It's camouflage. I mean, a lot of people drive right past it. And, you know, they just don't. It blends into the environment. Um, but we did it on purpose. We wanted to do like a little habitat behind them with uh, cypress trees and the whole nine yards. So you just got to keep your eyes open a little bit when you go down Westheimer. So we talked to, um, you know, a little earlier, Chef Arash, we, Chef Ara, we talked to you about how you got into food, sort of your history of, of that, and um, you're putting your own spin on, on smoking and smoked meats and the barbecue business itself. Um, Chef Arash, you also have, have, you know, Beavers didn't start out a barbecue place. And when you, if, correct me if I'm wrong, when you got interested in barbecue, you literally threw yourself into the business yeah. and helped people who needed help. Uh, jumped on other crews who needed, you know, to, to get yeah, <laughs> to get your hands dirty and to start learning the smoke side of barbecue, yeah. um, just like any chef would, yeah. except without the schooling. You just yeah. go to school of hard knocks. So yeah, it started out as, you know, fun little side thing and just to pique my interest and, you know, learn the ropes and, you know, I met Ara and he was one of the first guys that were that was gracious enough to teach me and uh, show me how to run the smokers and the whole nine yards and I'm truly grateful for that because then that just took everything to the next level before I was just using janky smokers and <laughs> kind of home rigged things well, it was great to have somebody who is also a classically trained chef to work together and he is he is awesome to work with and he's got so he's such a I mean he's being very modest he already knew <laughs> he always what he is. was doing um, you know I didn't I really didn't teach him anything we just hung out and smoked meats <laughs> together uh when he was on uh when his hands were on the anthony bourdain show uh, <laughs> we did a, we did a pop-up together at uh, yeah. at actual rat yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but i think i think the other thing that i can see between the two of y'all when when i watched you work there was a meticulousness there was you know it, it was clean to the nth degree and i know that you've got the situation with your arm and so forth but your staff has carried that over as well that it's 
It's, yeah. it's a pretty precise operation. And I think that that comes from a different <clears throat> style and a different training than if you just jump into the barbecue world because the yeah. barbecue world can be a lot of smoke, can be pretty dirty. A lot of the sides don't have to be that intricate or whatnot. Yeah. You know, when you're putting a smoked pimento cheese together, when your mac and cheese has, you know, it's, it's coated it's not drenched, you know. You could you can see that there's there's that fine tuning and that that level to it, which is really cool to mm -hmm. see. And now there's the barbecue component to it, but there's so much more that y'all are bringing to the table, and it's a lot of fun to watch y'all create. I hate watching your Instagram account though, because <laughs> all right, sometimes you put some things on there, and I'm just like, I want to eat that, you know. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to get to one of those wine dinners. I for do sure. that with Chef Arash too, though. Yeah, you no, know, Chef Arash. Creativity, and you're like. This guy's mind must be blown. Every I'm getting night that morning. guy a pizza oven for sure. No, <laughs> I, I didn't go to bed till four in the morning last night, just watching videos, reading recipes. Just I, when I get fixated on one thing, I just keep going and going and going until I do it. Um, but we're, we're planning a dinner. Um, I, I don't want to mention anything yet, but uh, I'm not going to do it until it's perfect. But it's going to be pretty badass. Um, but yeah, once you get any chef or any, they, you get fixated on a thing and you got to perfect it before you launch it. But sure. Hey, speaking of perfection, so so look in the general food business, it's not rocket science, right? No, it's, it's not. Sim it's simplicity not, is key. Where I'm going is baking is a science, yeah. right? You, yeah. you put too little yeast, you're dead in the water. You put yeah. too little water, you're dead, right? Yeah. But in smoking, it's a science. Yeah. yeah. You time temperature seasoning moisture wrap smoke i mean and a lot would you guys it, agree yeah, with that in, in with smoking a lot of it is actually um touch and feel it's not something that i can give you a written down instruction on right tell you well you need to smoke it at this many degrees for this much time it it, it is such a it, it comes only with experience yeah um you can't just give direction to somebody say People always ask me, how long do you smoke your briskets for? Until they're done. Until, and what temperature, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, uh, and I like to smoke at much lower temperature for a longer period of time. Some people like to smoke hotter. Uh, Which but, I think you do here, right, yeah, Arash? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's awesome that you've got two guys who can appreciate each other's barbecue no who doubt. have two different philosophies. And excellent barbecue. Excellent barbecue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Barbecue. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the exterior, right? So... Um, outside temperature plays yeah. a role. Humidity, humidity plays a role. I altitude. Mean, yeah, altitude. Exactly. So, yeah, someone's in Colorado saying, hey, how long do you, you know, slow and smoke this thing? You're like, yeah. well, in Texas, this yeah. is where we're at. But in Colorado, it could be totally different. So, Yeah, what is the what is the temperature that once the brisket hits, it doesn't take on that? Is it 136? 136. 136? Yeah. So little things like that. Like, I didn't know that, you know, and I, you know, I do some barbecue at home and stuff but you know little things like you were talking about there is a science to it there is there is a formula to it but i like that guys can play within it yeah. you know i you know I'll, so you stayed up late looking at recipes and videos and mm -hmm. what keeps me up at night is often wondering though too is where do you guys like to eat because look with your with <laughs> with, with you guys cooking all day right you're i'm not gonna say you're sick of food but you got your place i mean yeah. when, you're like man this is where i want to go right so I want to know where you, your top three places. So, Arash, top three, and then Ara, top three. And look, it, you're not going to offend anyone. This is a safe zone. We're only going to blast this out to about 100,000 people. So, yeah, okay. uh, not even touching, you know, Houston market, but, but, but where do you like to go? I mean, late night or, or when you get off? Or maybe it's just home. Maybe you like to go home and make something. But No, I don't. Um, <laughs> if I do cook at home, it's me practicing something uh on the small scale that pizza can, crust yeah yeah pizza yeah. i mean i'll do the pizzas at home um again but that takes three days and um i build that up so i'll start maybe monday and then on on a thursday i'll be able to make pizza so <laughs> i gotta get in that mindset or you know start it start the dough wednesday have it ready for friday saturday sunday um it all depends i mean but guilty pleasure I'm not going to lie, after work, I mean, I can probably make the same thing here, but Taco Bell. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. 99 cent menu, or are you going big time? You're going like $1.79, dollar yeah, yeah. Stupid combos, crunch, <laughs> crunchy tacos, those Dorito tacos. I don't know. Oh my God. Hey, those are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's stuff like that that, you know, you get the low end there, um, but you want to recreate something like that here on a higher end. 
with better ingredients that's super fresh um I'm like, I can make a crunchy taco and make it badass. My inspiration is now Taco Bell. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing you. You're like, I go to Taco Bell. And then <laughs> yeah. I just find a way to make it better. I'm like, that's awesome, man. You know, that's that's what keeps me up and keeps me going. I mean, there's high-end places that I like to go, but I don't get to go there often because I'm always here. Um, you know, that's like I'm treating myself maybe once a month, twice a month. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're busy. Full you range. Busy. Yeah, that's like a full range dinner. But if I'm just going to, like, eat something really quick, there's tons of shawarma trucks and Middle Eastern places around here, uh, Indian restaurants. Um, you I guys mean, are doing a, you're doing a 44 Farms Euro here too, right? Yeah, Fridays. That's our special. Oh, man. Sounds, um, we saw that last time we were here. It looked yeah, phenomenal. Come, so I want to interject that. real quick because you both, when you both talk about using high-end ingredients and then taking something to the next level mm-hmm. – most of the time when I talk to somebody or I hear somebody talk about it, it almost comes off as pretentious. But you both, like how you prepare coffee are in the morning. It is a great cup of coffee. And you just say, I want to make a great cup of coffee. It's not like, oh, I only use this, da 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 But you are selective on the products that you use, both of y'all. But it doesn't come off pretentious, nor does the menu come off pretentious. And- I think for both of us, we're very similar mentality and similar style of approach to food. I want to be able to provide my guests with a great product that they normally wouldn't without it making too unapproachable. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want it to be approachable. And if yeah. I made it more too pretentious, um, it, 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 ma- it puts people off. Yeah, right. I think that's the yeah. problem with a lot of these chefs in Houston, or in general, they try to take something super simple and like just Vietnamese food or Thai food. Uh, simple things like that, which is like four or five ingredients, and it's typically affordable. They do some ignorant stuff to it. They be <laughs> like, "What the hell is this? Why am I going to a fine dining restaurant and eating Vietnamese food, or whatever it is?" And you know, you go in the mindset, "Okay, I'm going to go eat a badass, you know, Gulf Coast, whatever," and then you're just like, "I don't even know what this is." They put weird things on the. Yeah, I mean, you can't pronounce it. (laughs) You know, you don't want to eat that. So you got to. Pho is like such a comfort, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, dish. When you get there's a certain degree of being creative, and then there's a degree of okay, you've gone too far. Right. Uh, No reason why that should be fifteen bucks, right? Nine ninety five all day, right? I will spend hundreds of dollars for one dish. But you will not get me to pay fifteen dollars for a pho. That's what I'm saying. You've gone <laughs> I don't too care far, what you right? put in it. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be um, inexpensive comfort, mm-hmm. right? Right. And if you you can still y'all have found the balance, especially with y'all's menus, to make it so that you can create, you can honor where it's coming from, whether it's the euro or it's a pho or something like that. But then also that it stays in that affordability thing. And yeah. that is, I think, a lot of chefs struggle with that. And it's, yeah. I want to put my twist on it. I want to, you know, up it to the, you know, nth degree. But, you know, to keep it, to keep it approachable for everybody. Yeah. That's a lot of elements to play with. Yeah. And, you it know, is. Like, for, for me, with my lamb chops, they are not yeah. cheap. <laughs> but I don't serve them every day. It's not on my menu. It's a special that I serve on Fridays. I do maybe six racks of it. When it's gone, it's gone. So, uh and it's $45 a pound. I mean, it's a very high food cost item for me. I, normally, as a restaurateur, you try to keep your food at 25% food cost, mm-hmm. right. counting your labor. Right. So that, at, even at $45 a, a pound, <laughs> it's a, at a 50% food cost for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty high. So I can't afford to put it on the menu on a daily basis. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is such a great product that people love it. I, I put it on the menu as a special. Well, so. it's a long walk from California. That's why it's so expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lamb have to come a long that's way. That's why it's so tender because they, <laughs> they, you know, the, the, they bring the entire herd from California. That's here. right. Yeah. That's right. Vegetarian diets are very yeah. expensive. And all our food, all the meats that we serve, is 100% vegetarian. They all eat only grass. It's excellent. Yeah. It's excellent. That is. It's absolutely phenomenal. Both. Both both y'all spots and that's that that was kind of cool that you know you you are excited to come here because you know what they do here and i was just excited that i was going to have two awesome chefs you know who after seeing their operations and after talking with both of them i'm 
very impressed by both y'all's establishments and it's it's oh, really you. nice to have y'all yeah, on we, here we try to support each other's businesses mm -hmm. and we go to other friends of ours that we have mutual, a lot of mutual friends mm -hmm. that will go to their restaurants when we want to eat unfortunately when you have your own restaurant yeah you, you your time off that you get to go out yeah. is right so late or so <laughs> early that everybody's closed yeah. right. my day's off he's closed yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. and uh don't have any days off but <laughs> well no but to your to your point you know so lots of restaurants open and lots of restaurants closed but yeah. you know the barbecue craft barbecue we said earlier is really exploding and recently y'all can give a shout out to blood brothers yeah you, know, you guys yeah. were there i mean yeah. the opening the soft opening i mean you're all there we supporting each other that's right yeah, we make time and that's what's important about this food scene is that everyone's you know all ships will rise if everyone supports each other and yeah. it, you could look at each other as competitors no but you don't no, you look no, at it no. as, as resources yeah. and education yeah. and and hey, how do we help each other out? And so it's, there's yeah. plenty of business to go out there for all of us. Yeah. And, and on top of that, we're all friends. Yeah. So oh. it's not a real. We, I mean, when we go to each other's restaurants, we'll post that we're there. Mm -hmm. We'll Instagram it, try to boost each other's business up. Right. I mean, that's that's the right way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. When you see it, when you see you know John Brotherson coming from Pflugerville to go down to Willow's Barbecue, you yeah. know, a little pop up, right? So that's that's three hour drive. Right, that he's Absolutely. taking time out of his day, or you see a Wade Elkins down there at Willows, or whoever, mm -hmm. Joey Victorian, they're all hanging out. Yeah, I mean, I want to go be a part of that because people are just super cool and they want to hang out and yeah. not throw rocks at each other. You yeah. know? So, uh, congratulations to you both for having a fantastic mentality Thank you. of Thank support you. And, for and, and brother, you know, brotherhood and kinship too. Absolutely. Guys, so. Say that again. No, that's okay. Think, you can. No, no. That's all right. <laughs> there's editing. Right. There's an right. editing Thank process you guys though. For having us here. And, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Beavers for hosting uh, and allowing us to be here, and uh, uh, your wonderful sponsors, and both of you guys. You know, uh, yeah, it's our pleasure. Thank I you. Mean, yeah, thank you to Duke's Premium Meats for yes. for sponsoring this show. And uh, from what I've been told, nobody beats Duke's Meats. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm never going to be able to keep a straight face with that one. But you know, once again, you know, thank you both for spending so much time because I, I I know it's hard for y'all to put aside I mean we started at what like 1030 you know and it's now 120 <laughs> so the consulting fees kicking in I know right yeah I was like uh <laughs> shut this thing down <laughs> uh, this is this is fun no and I get to see Arash I don't yeah. get to hang out with him too often so. and it's also awesome to see that dynamic from the outside mm -hmm. too two chefs that are doing unique things unique barbecue relatively same realm but also going he does his thing he's got his twist that he wants to do he's doing his thing he's got his twist that he wants to do and we can both thrive and support each other while in other areas especially you know up north where i went to school it seemed very cutthroat you know and and there wasn't that even internationally it's very cutthroat um and i like uh, right now it seems like because i've done a couple barbecue places that that's the barbecue way but I'm also finding other restaurants that are like, hey, you know, I've got a Greek restaurant. I'm not in competition with the barbecue guy, so let's do a collab and things like that, which is just phenomenal. I love eating his because it's different than mine, but also yeah. gives me a different take on how he does. Mm -hmm. You know, we've spent a lot of time together, smoking meats together, cooking together, but his barbecue is different than mine. Yeah. But at the same time, we enjoy eating each other's food because yeah. I respect him. I think he's incredibly talented mm. and it shows me something that I don't do yeah. uh, and I get to enjoy it well that's awesome so I'm and just I'm just gonna say thank you to everybody mm. Darren thank you so much Arash thank you yeah. so much no Ara thank, thank you. you I really really appreciate this this has been a fun journey for myself um, you know growing something where I was doing it off of a GoPro to now I've got a halfway decent camera, now I've got extra mics and everything. This is just huge. And because you guys have opened up the doors and because you guys have been so welcoming, um, this is all possible. So um, because of all of that, also thank you to Duke's Premium Meats one more time. Yeah. <laughs> no one beats Duke's Meats. No meets, I'm never no going to be able to say Duke's that. Meets. Um, Dukespremiummeats.com. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just absolutely wonderful. And I, I could not be more grateful. This could not be... Um, it could not be more of a, a wonderful starting point for the podcast. And um, I know I've said it a thousand times, but I yeah. really, really, really am. So thank you all so yeah, much. No um, future episodes of Cost of Goods Told um, coming up. We're going to do one like this at least once a month, which is, which is great. Um, we hope to have so many different guests. And, um, you know, besides that, just follow at Cost of Goods Told. 
follow um, at Texas Food Review. Um, all of those will be, you know, updating with different projects that we've got going on. And we're just going to have different fun videos, fun photos, introduce you all to a bunch of different restaurants, but give you the behind the scenes. We're not going in there. We're not just tasting the food and talking about like, hey, I had a venison taco. Yay. <laughs> we we want to know. We want to know. That, that wasn't bad, right? Um, we want to know the stories behind the chefs and what they're trying to say. And we want to give the chefs the platform to tell their story without me or Darren having any sort of bias or any sort of agenda where it's it's y'all story we want to hear from y'all um, and I hope that that comes across for for any listeners and uh, I hope so and then uh, just one final note the probably the only people that are still listening to this uh, because I've rambled on so long hi mom hi dad hi Shannon hi Cashel hi Cindy um, and hi Lachlan so um I'm just going to end on that and send love to my family and send love to everybody who has uh, supported this journey of mine. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is your one-stop shop for premium quality meats delivered right to your doorstep. Delivering all over the United States, Duke's Premium Meats offers you the best in quality by personally working closely with local ranchers and butchers. Duke's Premium Meats offers everything from fillets and lobster tails to heart-shaped ribeyes, to Texas-raised Wagyu brisket. Get amazing meat delivered right to your door by using Duke's Premium Meats. Visit their site at www.dukespremiummeats.com.